You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with one of our, our favorite people, I feel like I say that a lot, but um, we're here with Adam Sterling Hawthorne from Choke Construction. Adam and uh, and Scott have been friends for a long time. I consider him a friend as well. He's a, a guy that I would just say is a relationship builder, he even has that on his LinkedIn. But he's very involved in the community, not only with Choke, but some great organizations like Build Strong. And we're going to jump all into this. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about Choke and, uh, and about Adam. Now, Choke Construction uh, Company was founded in 1989 as the economy headed into into a recession, great timing. Um, now, construction projects were few and far in between. The team was small. You know, really, the fleet was just one old truck. You know, they went ahead with it. Uh, they believed in themselves, and now they have six regional offices, nearly 500 employee owners, which is really cool. This is an organization that is employee owned, and we will talk a little bit more about that. And they have experience in all kinds of construction. Um, it's really a foundation that is not only you know created a great you know future for for what you guys are doing. But you also take that and give back to the uh, to the community, which is really unique and really awesome. We've met a ton of people over at Choate. Your culture is incredible. Really, the vibe's incredible. You know, when I think of a construction company, I don't really feel like that's who you guys are, right? You go in and it feels like a family and it feels like a place that people enjoy going to work. And ultimately you're there to make money, but you do great things with that money. And I can't wait to learn more about it. So we will kick this off. You and Scott have known each other for a very long time. Tell us how that happened. Yeah, man. We were, uh, you know, that was at Sir Ed's, our first meeting. We were, uh, first of all, thanks for the intro, kind words. Um, and I consider you a friend too, Brian. <laughs> I made uh, it. I've made sweet, it. But we, uh, <laughs> I guess it was, it was dinner and uh, was it, it was, was this a date? Birthday. Did you guys go on a date? No, it was like a double was date. It Jay's? Oh, a double it was it Jay's, Jay's birthday. birthday. Jay Johnstone, yeah. Yeah, mutual friend of ours. Love it. And we were, uh, we were up at Sir Ed's and, you know, over a few pints, hit it off and, from there, kind of got into a little bit of mountain biking and hanging out, and yeah, it's just grown from there. That was probably 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago? At least, yeah. Probably 2007-ish, actually. Yeah, wild. maybe more man. like 15, 16 years <laughs> time, ago. Time flies. Time does fly, man. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, Brian, you nailed it. He, Dude, we're so happy you're here. We, we've been talking about this a long time, and and uh, I, I respect you a great deal, and, and you are a great friend, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fun to see how our circles have collided over the years, not only in business but our friend circles. And um, he's one that surrounds himself with great people, and I think you know attracts uh, even more great people. So happy to be a part, a small part of that oh, circle. Whatever. But uh, yeah, man, yeah, and doing great things. And as Brian said, in the community, um, let's start with talking about Chote a little bit. Your history there. You've sure. been there forever. Yeah. Um, and Brian gave a great intro, but I think you yeah. might have some things to add to that. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a, it's been my entire career actually. So uh, I guess it starts back with my dad. My dad, uh, Tom Hawthorne, used to work for a company called Southern Concrete Materials here in Charlotte. They have since uh, changed. Uh, Stevenson Weir has bought them, and now they're Stevenson Weir Southern. But back in the day, my dad and Dave Priester, my uh, my old uh, CEO, president, uh, were good buddies. And I'd be over at Dave's house. You know, he was just that kind of guy. Just you know, kind of like a another father figure to me and um, you know always over at the house for the summer parties and for the for the cookouts and I got I'll never forget I got out of um, it was 2002 
I was getting out of uh, my summer school, and Dad's like, hey, you coming home? You need to get a job. So I was like, all right. He said, call Dave. So I called up Dave, and he said, so Dave, can I get a job this summer? He's like, um, yeah, I guess so. Can you start Monday? I said, yeah. He said, well, if you can pass a drug test, we're good to go. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> give me a you know, yeah. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, hold you on. know, he's just that kind of guy. <laughs> very, very unassuming, um, a great leader, uh, a wonderful uh, people person, and a true relationship builder. And I appreciate you throwing that in there because that is what I try to um, – I, I believe he's tried to model us all into. And so, anyway, started off that summer. Got to work with some amazing superintendents. So hold we, on, you passed the drug test? Clearly, twenty some years later, here just making sure. Just making sure. It was. Uh, he yeah. did try to move on. That's from all. That, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Was like, hold on, we, we got a question. We got to clear up real quick before we keep going. We had. I mean, it was. You know, it was, it was like one of those amazing experiences. I got to work with um, great superintendents. A guy named Steve Gunner, who's still with us. Uh, wonderful, wonderful teacher. Taught me layout. Taught me how to how to pull a chain. Taught me how to run a um, theodolite. Taught me, I mean, all kinds of just basic construction knowledge. You know, and I was also digging ditches and sweeping floors and learning the language. And you know, I got my first Nextel. That was big, Whoa, right? That was big. That was <laughs> that was fun. But yeah, and so next year I spent in Raleigh. Worked in the Raleigh office that summer and would come home Christmas breaks and work on, you know, particular jobs. And the greatest part was really the learning experience um, from all those all of our amazing superintendents. And, you know, I truly feel to this day that they are absolutely the best in the business. And that is what makes um, Choke Construction unique. It really is. We've, we've got some amazingly talented builders and builders first, right? Whether you're building relationships or building buildings, you gotta you gotta stick to to um, the craft. And our guys were good, and I got the opportunity to learn a lot from them. Um, 2004, graduated from NC State with a degree in construction engineering, and uh, uh, graduated on a Friday and started work again on Monday. And um, that was in December, and um, haven't looked back, man. It's been an amazing experience. I've had the opportunity to. To work on a lot of really cool projects, um, spent some time uh, in Winston Salem on a project for Sarah Lee branded apparel. That was that was a lot of fun. Got to work with uh, one of our old um, superintendents who's now retired, Scott Cunningham, and that man, he is a pure relationship builder. Like he knows he's going to engender a feel on a job site, and that's really what it's about: engendering a feel on a job site. Your superintendent is like your like your quarterback, right? Like he's the guy setting the tone, putting the people in the right positions each and every day. And Scott was just a master at that. He was really good at and 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 also one of the tricks at being a good superintendent is earning trust. So when I had my opportunity to be a superintendent, it was a lot about trying to be the guy that has all the answers, right? In this business, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people that can build great buildings. And um, I really think what sets companies apart and and showed in particular is the ability to um, solve problems and to solve them quickly and it's like the life of a superintendent it's it's an addiction because every 15 minutes you got somebody else that needs an answer right then to keep that job moving and you just go from from problem to problem you're hitting you know this guy's got to figure out how to get something in the building or you've got you know someone that's a little bit delayed and you got to it's 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 a it's a ballet. It's a it's an orchestra. You're you're the conductor of that 
of that opera and you got to have everybody playing on the same sheet of music. But, um, uh, so through that, I got the opportunity to, um, move into the office in a, um, as assistant project manager and got to travel, uh, with a, a group that we, um, have industrial projects all over the country. And that was a great experience, you know, working with some, uh, another a group of amazing superintendents, Tim Gay, uh, really was a, a huge inspiration for me. He's, he's still, uh, working for us today and kicking butt, although he just got his knee replaced. So he's, he's on the sidelines for a week or two, but, um, yeah, man, traveling, traveling the country, building in, uh, at the time we were building in Ohio and, uh, Houston and Colorado. And that was a, a great experience. I was newly married. So that was a, you know, it's tough to be on the road when you're doing something like that, but I uh, got to come back to Charlotte and eventually uh, after spent about 10 years down in Fort Mill um, working for a company called Red Ventures. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yep. They're I think we have. <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, so I got uh, actually um, was a superintendent on one of the projects down there. We call it RV2. It was a 90,000-square-foot building built around a basketball court. Like, what a unique experience to build a building with a full-court basketball court. And I thought this is going to be the I mean, the epitome. We had a lot of exposed um, – I mean, it was a beautiful building. Three years later, we're back on campus building another building, 180,000 square foot, so double in size, open atrium. I did a lot of this work with a company called uh, ODA Architects, still in town, Stephen Overcash, close friend, great architecture firm, like um, – wonderful people there and really, really learned a lot about the, the construction business through that decade or so out of Red Ventures. And then in 2018, we finished another building for them, 308,000 square foot, two parking decks. Yeah. It's all unique, nothing off the shelf. It was, um, it was a great experience. And, and Rick Elias has really created a culture of, uh, go get out there. And as you've seen them grow and develop and their business model has changed and, um, anyway, it was a it it was one of the most amazing experiences of my career is working on that project or those projects. Come to to now when uh, I've changed roles about a year and a half, two years ago with Choate. Um, it was actually Dave Priester again. Uh, I think he tricked me. Actually, <laughs> we were uh, I'll never forget. It was like a it was a December. You know, it was dark out. I'm doing some something that you know. I didn't like a drudgery work and Dave just pops into my office. He's like starting up a conversation and talking about business development and, you know, kind of floated something out there. And I, I said, well, Dave, I can, I can do that. I think I can do that. He's like, okay. And then a week later I'm sitting in front of um, my VP and he said, so Dave says you want to do business development. I said, well, I, yeah, I, I think I can do that. And uh, you know, to be with a company that they've always given me an opportunity every time you raise your hand and they do that for everybody. It's not just me. Um, it's an amazing experience and really has been, um, um, a huge, huge part of my life. And I appreciate you, um, bringing us on today and talking a little about stewardship and about what that means. And, uh, cause it is important to us to uh, continue to give back and, I'll digress in a minute when we talk about some of that stuff, but um, I do want to um, recognize that there's great leaders before us. Miller Choate uh, in Atlanta, he's the one that you mentioned with the pickup truck and started this company in the, in the basement of his house. And he had a young daughter. Um, he had, um, it, was, it was tough and he took the risk and 
you know, I think fortune favors the bold and, and that man um, has set the tone for, for an amazing company. And he hired Dave to come on and start the Charlotte office uh, in 93 and uh, saw the relationship, saw the, saw the potential in Dave. And then Dave brought Charlotte to what it is today. And now we're, to your point, a 500 plus employee, um, employee owned company. And that is, again, thanks to, to Dave and Millard and all of our leaders who recognized that they wanted to keep who we are intact and they wanted it to um, be, he, they wanted to take care of their people always, mm -hmm. take care of the people. I mean, as business owners and as people in the community, you see it all the time. I mean, you know, everybody always says that people are, are our greatest asset, but really people are our only asset at the end of the day. And I think they, they recognize that and have uh, have continued that tradition by by keeping us all um, focused on on really what it means. So coming here in '93, that's that's a long time ago. Do you think they had the vision and understanding of what Charlotte was about to become, or was that just hey, we know we want to be in that Charlotte market, or a little bit of both? Um, you because know, it's been extraordinary growth since then. Yeah, you think about 93. You know? I mean, think about Bank of America building when that was built. Like right. That was like, uh, that was the crown jewel of Charlotte, right? Absolutely. Uptown really wasn't moving. You got some other major leaders in our community, the McCalls of the world, that really saw that focus and said, we got to make Uptown something great. And they, and, they, and they made it a focus, and they put their money where their mouth is. And, you know, I think without, without that financial center that was created— in Charlotte with, uh, you know, NCMB, then Nations Bank, then Bank of America and Wachovia and Wells and now BB&T and Truist. And, um, you know, that, that's just been such a, a huge part of our growth, but then that's morphed into other industries. So I guess to answer your question, could, did they see the vision? Uh, you know, at the time in 93, I think Dave's, Dave's just scrappy, man. He was going after things. He, he went after one of our first um, jobs. You know, he's always been about relationships. And so he's got friends from 30 years ago that we still build for to this day. Uh, a huge percentage of our business is through repeat clients. And I think that speaks volumes to who we are as a company and how we like to treat our, um, our customers. And, and that's, that's the legacy that Dave has built for us. But you know what? I think he just said, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to make something happen. And I'm sure yeah. he had the vision, but I don't think he could have imagined what it would have become today. Yeah, it's been incredible. And your uh, your signs are everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I mean, we, every, we have a lot of signs. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. You think that's a good thing, right? That means a project that well, you're working on. let's talk about brand building for oh, a minute. Oh, man, we can go deep with this one. You know, because <laughs> I, I really think that Millard had um, a good vision for what a, a, a long-term brand can be, can be. And specific to that, that sign, you know, everybody, everybody says that everybody I run into always says, you have a ton, you have a lot, I see your signs everywhere. Um, it's a recognizable sign. You know, there's, there is a, there's something about it that just, you, you see it, right? And it's that black and gold and it's classic and it's timeless and it's not your traditional blue and white construction company sign, no offense, but there's a lot of blue and white signs. There are. So... Um, yeah, I think Millard had that vision, and he and he wanted to set a different class. Um, probably, I don't know, five or so years ago, we added our tagline below that sign: "Reputation is everything." And that has been um, one of those things that's kind of brought us into uh, a new phase in, in who we are as a company. And you know, a lot of times people 
talk about, you know, what does that mean? What does reputation as everything mean? I'm in, and, you know, in most, in, in the, in the context that I like to, to speak to it is, is that we're in this for a marathon. We're not in it for a sprint. We were talking about that a little bit this morning, but it's a, it's a, it's a long game. I mean, if you're Charlotte's a, a, a small town when it comes down to it and being here my whole life, um, I pride myself on the relationships that I that I have, both through um, my time as a superintendent, uh, my time working with subcontractors, and my time with owners. You know, th- those are the relationships that are valuable. And that and that when it's a, kind of a simple recipe, you do the right thing, you work with integrity, um, and and you do what you say you're, you're going to do, and that builds your reputation. And it really is everything. I mean, you guys are brand builders. You get it. It is. You're right. I love that. What a great we, story. I mean, we try to be a brand. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I, had a, I got a question. So um, it, it's interesting. We're kind of going to be going through this like renovation on a kitchen, and it's kind of our biggest like knock down a wall type vibe. And there's just a lot of moving parts, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fascinating the amount of companies that have to get involved, right? You're working with a designer, then you're working with maybe somebody that's going to lead that project, mm-hmm. but then they're subbing that out to everyone. Oh yeah, it's almost like insane just to do literally one wall in a kitchen. And now you look at some of these buildings, like you're talking about 180,000 square foot. What does that project look like for somebody that's not in the construction space and they see a Choate sign? A, how many people are working on that project? And then from there, how many more companies are you guys really giving the opportunity to come in and work on that, right? Because you guys are running the whole project, but there's a lot of stuff you have to sub out to those you know, subject matter experts that come in, whether that's oh, yeah. concrete, steel, whatever it is. Um, give us kind of like a, if you're not in the construction space, when you look sure. at a big high rise building, you know, not only how many people those projects would employ, and I know they're going to be completely different across the board, but that's something that can change a whole community. You're you're helping all these small businesses. And it's not just, hey, this is Choate, look what we did. You guys are literally giving opportunities to so many other people. And I think that's the cool thing about seeing all these cranes uptown. It's like, it's not just Choate or it's not just Heady Crane. It's like, there's so many people that are working on that project and giving people that American dream, the opportunity to make money, the opportunity to be a part of something special. How cool is that? And and what are the, like, give us an example, like that project down in, uh, for Red Ventures. What was that like? And how many companies would you guys work with to get a project like wow. that across the finish line? You, you know what? We, I, I, I said it a little bit before, but you can consider the general contractor on a project like the conductor of mm-hmm. the orchestra. So you have different sections of the orchestra that are playing um, to make a beautiful piece of music, but they all got to hit their note at the right time, and they got one's got to come before the other. And so that conductor is setting the tone, setting the cadence, setting the speed, um, most importantly, setting safety, which is not really an orchestra reference or analogy. But um, at the end of the day, uh, our main focus is making sure that everybody goes home safely with arms and hands and eyes and, you know, uh, you take it for granted a lot of times um, and, and um, stepping back to what we try and set the tone on a job site, it's first and foremost, um, uh, we have a, a program called uh, One Life. And One Life is everyone has a safety culture and a safety philosophy. For us, it's more of a, a mindset, right? You know, you can, you can operate a job site with a demerit-based system where if guys are, are breaking or are not working safely, then they get in trouble. We try and shift that around. I'm sure you've heard Simon Sinek start with why. 
um, the why on any project is why are you why why do you want to work safe? Why do you want to to um, not take that risk? No building no building is worth taking a risk where you're going to injure yourself or or you know worse. And so what we do is we bring we bring everybody in and at the orientation. They sign our, our orientation uh, banner with uh, um, the names of their families. So we want them to focus on the why. Why, why do you want to make sure you're doing the right thing? And so, you, I mean, ultimately, you know, we work so we can spend time with our families and go home at the end of the day and appreciate um, each other. And so it's it kind of sets that tone. But back to the original question about the what does it look like? It's an amazing thing to, well, number one, to have those relationships over the years where you can call on a trusted subcontractor and say, look, man, this is, this is the real deal. I need you to push this through. I got to have a team, you know, um, I need, I need so many guys, you need to ramp up manpower. You need to need to attack, you know, this portion of the job. And that really comes through, um, that back to that trust and they have to know, that where you're steering that ship is going to be in the right direction because they got to make money too. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, um, profit's not a dirty word. You know, we're in this business to make money and we're in this business to build great things. But um, it's it's to see businesses grow. You know, in the in the 20 plus years that I've been in this business, I've had the opportunity to see uh, a lot of my friends grow go grow businesses from the ground up with um, you know a few guys. They get an opportunity. They do a great job. We can we can pull them into the next one, um, and and they're helping their people out, and they're growing, they're growing their people's you know futures and the families and and making their lives better. And that that's that is a very rewarding part of the business. To your question about numbers and you know how many different subs, you know it used to be, there's still some uh, um, general contractors that um, self perform some work. And we used to <clears throat> we used to self perform um, tilt construction, which is basically a, a concrete wall panel that's cast on a slab and then and then stood up um, to form your walls, and it was a great business. Um, but what ends up happening is in that in that type of, uh, of an, an environment, if you have if you have people on staff, then you're going to default to making sure that those your people on staff are going to be um, working first. And so your, you know, your subcontractor relationships can sometimes falter because of that. And we probably shifted, I don't know, 10 years ago to um, probably 95% um, subcontracting work. And I believe that it gives us a, um, uh, an advantage because we are, uh, we're working directly with the professionals. You know, these guys are on the cutting edge. They're craftsmen. Uh, labor has been tough as of late uh, with any industry, but you know having having the ability to trust in a team to handle a specific scope of work is huge for us. And and you know our relationships are from top to bottom. The, the, the relationships that we that we build it's from on an ownership side, um, but it's also on a subcontractor side. And and frankly, they're the ones that that get it done. So. You know, for us, it's about aligning ourselves with um, companies and owners that uh, that pay well, and by that I mean timely, because subcontractors they're making payroll every week. They got to cut a check on Friday, and if they don't, then that's a problem. So we we try to make a a focus on making sure that that we're um, paying as fast as we can, um, and that ultimately um, comes down to who we're working for. 
but as far as the the numbers, I mean, this project right up the street from here, Village on Moorhead, beautiful job. We probably have anywhere from 20, 22 Choate employees on that um, at a given time, depending on where you are in the stage of it. As far as subs, I mean, you, it, you might have 30 different teams out there. Wow. Um, it's just, it's it's variable. And it, you know, it ebbs and flows. You got, when you're doing your your framing and drywall, you know, you got to ramp up in numbers. You got electrical teams in there and mechanical teams doing your rough in. So it it ebbs and flows, but... When it's when it's on, man, it's on, and it's it is a it is an orchestra. You got to have a guy out there. That's that's that superintendent. That's that um, that that guy steering the ship, and he is focused on on making sure that everybody's playing on the same sheet of music. It's it's an amazing thing to watch. It is. I mean, just look at any construction site. It, it blows my mind, honestly. You look at me like, how does that thing even just? It's not gonna like fall over, you know? I mean, it's like unbelievable. <laughs> it looks like it will. It's sometimes. Some I mean, now, now you guys it, are designing buildings that literally are, are defining gravity, and I don't understand how that's possible, but it's incredible. A how, lot of smart yeah. people. How long before you actually break ground on a project are you involved in that project? Could Me be specifically, years. right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, so here's a kind of a great way to look at it from a. Uh, I talked about problem solving, right? Superintendent problem solving is like every 15 minutes, you're hit, 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 go, make stuff happen, turn it around. That That is um, the basis of our business is solving problems. That's all we do. And through the course of my career, that has changed from a 15-minute, you know, every 15-minute problem solving to in the PM role, you might be like every four hours you get a problem because, you know, it, it typically doesn't get elevated unless it's a bigger problem. And then as a senior PM, you know, it could be a two-week problem or it could be a um, – it could be coordination with the county or it could be a um, uh, 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 trying to get a product that's um, being delayed. You know, obviously, we've dealt oh, with God. a lot of that lately. I know you guys have. Yeah. So, so it's wait, that happens. <laughs> can you can you repeat that so all of our customers can understand you that know, every industry has issues? You know what I mean? It's the, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a crazy couple of years. Oh, you know, with with I hate to even say it, but supply chain. Gosh, it's been it's been absolutely nuts. But so back to that communication is, thing, though, yeah, man. That's the key. And if you know yeah. you're continuing to solve problems, and now to your point, my problem solving is more on like. A, six month to two year time scale. You know, if I've got a, uh, a client that's looking to put a, put a product in, you know, they're in the product of doing their widgets or their service, whatever that is, they're not in the business of building buildings. So my job is to look at their problem and try to solve it uh, in a cost effective and timely manner uh, to give them a quality product that they can do their business in. So uh, it, it really is, our business is a, is a business around solving problems. You you talk about you know how do these things stand up? How do they you know how do how, buildings don't even look like they could they could uh, stand up sometimes? I mean, construction is a language. Drawings are a different language, and and the whole business uh, evolves around almost reverse engineering. So we have a lot of amazing um, designers and architects and engineers, and they put their product on paper and now in, in, in three-dimensional computer programs. And it's our job to look at that, almost like you were looking at the, 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 the box uh, of a Lego, a Lego box, right? There's your finished product. Mm -hmm. We got to figure out, 
we don't have a full set of step-by-step instructions. What we're doing along the way is we're creating that booklet, that Lego booklet that gives you step one, two, three. That's really what we do as it relates to looking at their vision and trying to make it a reality and knowing that, you know, part A has to come before part B. And, um, you know, a lot of times we don't have the answers, but as long as we can ask the questions to the, to the smart people, you know, and by that, I mean like our, our subcontractors and our, our engineering teams, it is about communication and it's about having a conversation and, and picking up the phone or meeting on site and just figuring out how you're going to take that thing from the, the box, the picture on the box, um, through the process. So it's, it's a dynamic industry. It's always changing, you know, as our, it's, it, that's one of the fun things about, uh, the construction business is it's never the same. Every day you get to walk home, especially as a superintendent, you get to walk home with a, a feeling of pride and a sense of accomplishment. And, you know, talking about your, your kitchen, you know, you'll, you'll see that evolve, um, through the process and there's going to be a, a bunch of different people in there doing different, doing different activities. And, you know, it's like, uh, um, to be able to specialize in something like some of our subcontractors do, it is, it's magic to watch them do what they do sometimes because they, they know tricks and they can figure out a way to, to, to work around problems that, you know, you just try and take notes and, and learn from them each and every time. So it's a, it's a dynamic and a fun business. I love it, man. I want to uh, jump in. So you guys, and if you go on their website, you know, kind of the, the culture, if you click that tab, I think it's one of the best culture tabs out there on the internet, if you look at it. And really, it's all about a culture built on stewardship. You guys have a firm commitment um, to, to really build buildings, but build more than that. Right. And one of the the uh, the amazing organizations that you guys are a part of is called Build Strong. You guys have raised over or are close to a million dollars for um, Build Strong, which is an organization that supports autism. And we've been a part of that. And, and it's an amazing group. And I want you to tell us a little bit about what you guys do at Choate, not only to give back, but what that means to you. Yeah, well, I guess it's, you know, it's always been something that's been ingrained, ingrained in our culture. You know, I, I heard I heard. Uh, one of our board of directors, we were talking about what is culture, like what define it. And, you know, everybody's got that buzzword and that tab on their website. And yeah, I think he said it best. Culture is how you get stuff done. He said it with an expletive, but uh, it's how you get stuff done. And You can and, cuss on here if you want. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so <clears throat> I really appreciated that approach because it really is that. And, you know, how we get stuff done is um, by focusing on uh, local initiatives. Uh, for a long time, we were uh, participants in a great event called the Extreme Hike, and the Extreme Hike benefited the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And really that came about um, through uh, one of my buddies um, from kindergarten, actually, who's got cystic fibrosis, Chris Raymond. And we got on a mailing list some at some point and said, hey, you want to, do, do, want to go do this hike? It's 30 miles on the Appalachian Trail in a day. And sure, let's go do it. And as soon as I did, company said, well, let's, you know, we'll sponsor you. We'll get behind you. And we had teams of up to 25 hikers at some points. And um, that was a great organization. And I think we did a lot to, to help um, raise money for cystic fibrosis. And obviously, it's near and dear to my heart. It's also near to our founder's um, daughter's heart. Uh, she unfortunately lost one of her best friends uh, to cystic fibrosis a few years ago, 
And um, we've been a, a big champion of that organization for a number of years. But locally, uh, with Build Strong, thanks for bringing that up, it's actually um, uh, our signature event, and it benefits an amazing group, uh, Autism Strong, uh, Rudy and Becky Toms. Uh, they started this organization after their son, they, they found out their son Landon um, had autism. And we have um, some employees that have children with autism as well. And so from an alignment perspective, it just made um, perfect sense. We wanted to find a local organization that we could get behind, that we could have an impact on our families, on our, on our Choate family, uh, that we could raise money for the local community. And so two years ago, uh, Build Strong, the event in Symphony Park, South Park, was born. And it was born out of a um, uh, kind of the concept of making a family day. And by that, I mean we, um, we basically get into Symphony Park and create a cornhole tournament, and we have um, great partnerships with Suffolk Punch and Noble Smoke, and uh, we have bounce houses. We have uh, um, our, our trade partners jump in and support the cause. And uh, yeah, to your point, last year we raised uh, about six hundred and forty thousand dollars. And the year before that was three hundred thousand and three hundred fifty thousand. To do that in your first two years of an event is is mind blowing. And this year we've got a um, big aspirations. It's going to get bigger and better and um we're really really excited about it it's october 14th uh at symphony park and i would encourage if you've um, got any desire to come out and have a great family fun day or if you're a cornhole master i mean there's guys that come in here that are pros man i'm telling you they got jerseys and custom bags and they are just coming to win <laughs> they're they're i mean i've never seen it before these guys like i, I must have gotten beat you know 21 nothing a couple of times they're they're amazing but uh yeah and so um let the kids come out come uh, come enjoy some some great food and uh, fellowship and um come see what it's all about and then ultimately plug into the autism strong community and uh they have another event coming up here pretty soon actually it's amrap for autism which is how we um, first got introduced to them as we were volunteering for their amrap event and that is a uh, uh, Becky and Rudy are big CrossFitters, and so they said, "Well, let's let's engage that community and 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 create an event where we're raising money for that, and um, that's grown and become uh, just just a really fun event. And if you got any interest, it's brutal. It's uh it's a tough day. It's a it's a tough workout, but it's a good time. Yeah, the event's awesome. I I was out of town last year, but we uh, got to go to the first one um, with. Uh, both my kids mm -hmm. and it was incredible. Like my kids getting to go get up on a tractor and jumping in the bounce houses. And ultimately for me, I want to create an environment where my kids are exposed to giving back, right? Being involved in the community, understanding that there's people that are different than you understand that there's people that struggle with things that you're blessed not to have, right. Or blessed not to deal with. And so bringing my kids out there was amazing. And I also tell everybody it's a Saturday in the fall in the South. Yes, they will have TVs with college football. That's all right. right. They bring in this huge motor home with all these TVs. I was so happy when I went in there because I was like, 
man, I'm gonna miss the Florida State game. I'm like, it's a, it's for a good cause. It's for a good cause. I walk got in, to. y'all got the Florida State game on. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> it was perfect. So they, they do an, ama- it's an amazing, and it's kids everywhere. It's super, you know, kid friendly. But they also do a really cool thing uh, for the first 30 minutes or an hour. You yeah. guys have a, a, a moment for people, you know, that do have autism, where you know, lights and sounds and a lot of like, like noise and things can be sensory, sensory, right? And so right. you guys do that. Tell me about that because that's really cool as well. Yeah, that that first hour is. Um, uh, you know, they can, um, folks with autism usually have a heightened, uh, uh, sensory, um, they recognize things a lot more. So loud noises and smells and lights, you know, we, we, we tone that down for the first hour and just let the kids play, let them play out there. And, you know, it's, it's really fun to watch them light up and, uh, enjoy it. And then, you know, after that hour, uh, then the, the fire trucks fire up and the music starts and, Last year and, and this year as well, we we had a band, uh, Southside Watt. I'm sure y'all y'all oh, yeah. know them boys. We know them boys. Yeah. They came out and, and rocked it out last year, and looking forward to to that again this year. And uh, so yeah, it's a it's a big party, and, and all all with the 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 focus on um, really trying to impact the community. Autism Strong Foundation is amazing, and and they provide scholarship opportunities to families with autism. The 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 cost of therapy for a child with autism can be upwards of sixty seventy thousand dollars a year, and so that money uh, goes directly to their scholarships to be able to to help those families. And and our Choate families have have benefited um, by those scholarships as well. So they're they're making an impact and. You know that they're they're here to um, promote, to support, and to develop those relationships that can ultimately um, benefit our community and benefit those with autism. And it's it's been it's been amazing to watch that growth and to watch what um, hopefully it will become. I love it. What, if people are interested in sponsoring it, what's the best way to do that? Get in touch with you. How can they go about that? Yeah, you can reach out to to me directly, um, a Hawthorne uh, at chokeco.com. Um, you can check out our website. There's links on it, and uh, I'm sure the brand builders boys will post this on their, you know on their website as well. You know and uh, you know, I gotta say, I really appreciated uh, all the the help because, as far as brand builders go, you guys were integral in um, creating something for us for um, our Christmas gifts last year. And Scott, I owe, I owe the credit to you for that because that was your your idea. We sure. <laughs> partnered up with uh, with Ui um, Products out of Asheville and. Gabriel and his team did an amazing job, and and they actually hire um, folks with autism to create their products, and that was a, a great um, a great effort that you um, recognized. And then we also had one of our employees, um, Eric Lures, uh, has a company called Lures Wicked Wicks. We've got one right here on the table, smelling good today. They're Cozy a, cabin. That's right. They're a, a candle maker, and they have amazing products, and uh, they're. They've, they're, they're charged with, um, obviously, we talked about the cost of autism care, that his, his, their daughter has autism, and uh, they actually discovered that their daughter had autism by listening to um, Rudy when he came to our office when she was a young, young girl, and you know they, they suspected something was wrong, but they didn't know. And listening to Rudy's story, um, Eric and his wife reached out and uh, made, you know, made that connection, and now they've been focusing um, their Lures Wicked Wicks um, candle-making business on 
making great sense that ultimately um, helped to cover some of that cost of care. So, and they're very involved in the community. So anyway, you guys did an amazing job putting that together for us last year. And if anybody uh, listening ever has a notion for <laughs> any kind of um, branded focused merchandise that will tell your story, the Dunstan group is um, where that happens. So thank Good you man. for that. Thank you for that. Thank and you, and I, I want to follow up by saying everything you said about how you interact with your suppliers, we're a small, real small piece of the puzzle and have nothing to do with construction other than helping with brands. Um, but everything you said as to how you treat and do business and, and want to see your suppliers and your relationships succeed is absolutely true. We've experienced that every single transaction with your company and we're thankful for all the introductions you've made and, um, and truly everyone I've met within Choate, uh, is just first class, man. So, uh, I will confirm everything you said, not that anyone would ever deny that Hawthorne would tell a story, but no, uh, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I we're very thankful, a little bit, but we're 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 very thankful, man. So we appreciate that and all you do in the community. Yeah, so, man, it's yeah. it's a big part of it. I mean, it it's it goes to our core. You know, we we uh, we like to have fun, man. Work hard, play hard. I got it right here. Don't don't forget the grit. This That's is it, uh, man. this is Dave's moniker right there, man. He's all about you know being gritty and who we are. We've got a, uh, a summer party tomorrow that we're going to have over at Lake Wiley and bring everybody out with their families. And, um, that's more of a, a you know, a choke party, but, um, yeah, we, you know, go out there and build a mock slip and slide and boats and jet skis. And it's a good time. And, you know, that, that's what it's all about. Cause, um, everybody wants to go home and spend time with their family, but at the same time, you want to have fun with what you do. And really, that's that's who we are. That's what we're about. Work hard, play hard, give back, um, and and just do the right thing. And don't forget the grit, boys. Hundred percent. I want to I want to close out on one story, and this kind of just gives a great example of of who Choate are. You know, we're both members of the Hoodarger Breakfast Club, and uh, Scott Harris was there, sitting next to Chuck Hood. And I believe it was Second Harvest Food Bank. They had gotten a donation from uh, Piedmont Natural Gas for like. $1,500 or something. And Chuck just stands up and goes, well, I'm going to give another 1000 if Scott Harris will give 1000 And he did not even budge. He goes, 100%. I'm in. Yeah. So they took a $1,500 donation. Before you knew it, it had gotten over to $5,000. And it was just immediate. I'm over here like, man, I'm glad I wasn't sitting at that table. Damn. Like, I gotta put on. I'm like, Scott, we got to, we got to, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But, but that just it, like right there, he, Scott didn't know that he would be writing a check for a thousand dollars to an organization just by going to a lunch. But with the second he got called, he did it immediately. There was no hesitation. There was no looking at Chuck like, come on, man, for real. It was like in, yeah. I mean, before he was even done, he was like, I'm in. And that was, I was just proud of like Scott and your business. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Scott is, Scott is a community uh, builder and a community leader. He really is. His efforts with the police foundation. Yeah. yeah that's incredible. Absolutely. I mean, you saw that. Such uh, a great guy. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's engaging. He's, um, he operates with integrity. He's uh, um, very community focused. You know, Hood Hargets, what an amazing organization. Mm -hmm. Great speakers. Um, but man, that's the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you see what, um, you know, what, what Scott does with the police foundation and, and sharing that for a number of years. I mean, he, he's a guy that gives back. So I appreciate you bringing that up because he's in large part, um, one of the reasons that 
business development was something that interested me because he just operated completely different than any other business developer I'd ever known or seen or interacted with. And by that, I mean, he, um, he really focuses on being that first, that first point of contact and solving that problem and working for the client. And that's what he's always told me, you know, you're going to be, you are working for that person or that, that organization when you take on their charge and their job. And that's always stuck with me. And he's, uh, uh, he's just been a big influence in that, in that journey for me. So, yeah. I love it. Well, this has been amazing. Um, continue to do, you know, great work. We'll continue to follow the journey. We'll continue to, to, to be pulled behind the boat. Just, just don't go too fast. We're ready for you. Um, but like I always say, you know, please like share, comment, go check out Choate. If you're an organization that is interested in getting involved in Build Strong, you can reach out to me or Scott. We'll get you in touch with Adam. We'll also put that information out there. Uh, but just want to thank you for for joining us, sharing your story. Uh, and it's been so great to, to really reconfirm what we already know about you, Adam, that you're great and the organization's great and you guys do great things. Well, thanks, guys, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. Love yeah, hanging out awesome. with you guys and love pricking, picking out my, uh, my branded merch and... Uh, coming and uh, seeing you and, and what you've become and your growth. And y'all keep doing what you're doing, man, because you're kicking ass. And I really appreciate what you're doing to, to both build our, build the brands in this community, but also um, just be good stewards of, uh, of, of people's culture. So thank you for that. I love it. And I know you guys are in a ton of organizations. I got to mention it though. 24 Foundation. Thank you guys for supporting that. You guys throw a hell of a party. You have teams. Party of the year this year. Party of the year. You heard it here. Um, So you guys are involved in so much stuff. So it's been amazing. So um, again, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the dunston group with your host scott dunston and brian young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the dunston group at dunstongroup.com